0: Hello, and thanks for joining me for the Friday Reporter Podcast. My name is Lisa Camuso Miller, and I am a public affairs professional in Washington, D.C., talking to reporters from all across the country about how it is they do their work and how it is we as communication professionals can do ours better. Well, thanks so much for joining me today for an episode, another episode of the Friday Reporter. I am joined today by uh, a reporter that I have admired and and read many many columns and many many stories uh, that she's written in uh, a great Washington D.C. publication that is really a must read. And and Kate's uh, Kate's work is has really run um, run a big big wide gamut, and just is someone that if you're not reading Roll Call every day and checking out what Kate Ackley is reporting, then you are missing out. Kate, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you. And thank you for that kind introduction. Nice to be with you.
0: So Kate, I was wondering, tell me a little because as you've mentioned to me, you have been at uh, Roll Call, which is now CQ Roll Call, and has really sort of, the the newspaper world has changed a lot probably since you started there. Tell me how you got into journalism and how it is uh, your career has evolved over time um, in the publication that you're at today.
1: Yeah, well, I joined Roll Call in 2005 and uh, have, like you said, changed roles within the publication and we've had mergers, <laughs> acquisitions. Yeah. Um, so even though I've been there for a while, it's not, you know, it's not like every uh, day has been the same.
0: <laughs> well, how all. could it be? You're covering <laughs> Capitol Hill. It changes every minute. Right, right. Um,
1: but I got into journalism. I'm originally from Denver, Colorado, and I um, was on my high school newspaper way back when. Um, and so I guess that was probably my first real um, introduction to reporting and writing. Um, and I, but I didn't go to college thinking that that was going to be my focus. Um, but I did do um, kind of the, the school paper in mm-hmm. college as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of, uh, it was like a process of elimination, I guess, to, to where um, I decided that that was going to be my, my specialty. Sure. And, you know, after a bunch of internships, um, you know, just kind of decided that that made sense. It was a really um, natural fit for me because I like sort of uh, finding out things and talking to people and learning about, you know, new things pretty much every day Right. and then um, and writing about them. So that's kind of how I fell into it naturally,
0: I guess. So, were you in school in Denver? Did you where did you go to school, and how did you get to Washington?
1: Yeah, so I graduated from the University of Colorado in Boulder, mm-hmm. um, and I had done some internships both in Colorado, and then I also did a magazine internship in New York one summer. Um, and i I was looking at sort of you know post graduating internship type programs, and I ended up at one. That was here in Washington, and I was—I um, did. It. it was a program where we had speakers come in, um, but I was—and we had—we were all at different publications, and I was at the Wall Street Journal's Washington bureau. So that was a, a great experience, and then I never left. <laughs>
0: I I, har- I hardly understand that. When I moved here from New Jersey 20 <laughs> years ago, I was here for two. In my mind, I was here for two and I would go yeah. back and I would work in the state house or I'd do something in, in Trenton, New Jersey or somewhere else. And here we are because it is, it's a really, it's a, it's a content rich environment. We're surrounded by some of the brightest and really most fun people that, that, that I know are here. Um, And so that doesn't surprise me. (laughs) Yeah, it does. It really, it really does. But so now, uh, so at Roll Call, obviously, cover Capitol Hill, but now you really cover, you cover sort of the intersection between uh, Capitol Hill and business and lobbying. I mean, it's a little more of an entrepreneurial space that you're in. Is that right?
1: Yes. And I'm doing more political coverage as well. So it's kind of this blend of you know, all, you know, finding all, the, <laughs> all these pressure points on members of Congress and other people who make decisions, you know, there's the there's the business community and it, it sort of the policy agenda, right. um, out, other outside groups, but also, you know, how do they then go into a vulnerable lawmakers congressional district and, and run ads or or put billboards up or what have you? Um, so there's also sort of the political and the campaigns angle to my beat as well. So um, it's it, it's it's a fairly <laughs> big scope. Um, Not a lot of, of time to sleep, that. I bet.
0: <laughs> Not it's so busy that that's such a busy space to cover, and I feel like um, it really is. It's like this great niche that you've carved out because there. From time to time, you'll see other reporters sort of cover that space. And I think that it's not just Washington that's really sort of excited and interesting about that intersection and how that all works together. But really, it translates back home to those districts where people are saying, you know, why is this ad coming up in my newsfeed? Oh, well, it's because this, you know, this big industry is is trying to target and, and make this member sort of pay attention to what we care about.
1: Right, Exactly. And we're always looking, whether it's through kind of the public record, the lobbying disclosures, the campaign finance disclosures, um, you know, the the stuff that's public, we're always looking through that. But then, of course, it's, you know, you're, you're talking to sources, you're looking for things you want to be first, um, and also just get the, get the story right. So it's, um, you know, I mean, you do find that a lot of the people, um, you know, shift roles. And, you know, it's, so it is kind of a, oftentimes a lot of the same people emerge, you know, at a super PAC or at a, sure. um, at a campaign committee on Capitol Hill, um, at, at a lobbying organization. Um, you know, there, there is enough of sort of revolving door between all those, um, all those groups that you, you often are, are finding some of the same people pop up in different roles. Um, but it, it is a a lot of building new sources and seeking out people, um, who are, like I said, kind of working to find these pressure points so that they can get their agenda either, you know, uh, through Congress or, or block, um, legislation obviously is another big
0: part of it. And that leads me into my next question, which is really, I guess, some of what, probably helped you in the early days of the pandemic is that you had established a lot of these connections and contacts with with sources uh, from, from the years that you have covered this space. But how has your world changed? How has reporting changed for you during the pandemic? What is, you know, what does that look like for you? I, I, I'm sure you've heard me say this before, but, you know, with two teenagers at home doing homeschool, trying to make sure everybody eats a meal and not Oreos for all three of their <laughs> meals. Um, you know, there's like all of these additional challenges that have come into the place. How's that look for you during the pandemic?
1: Yeah, it's been a pretty um, wild uh, year. Plus, yeah. um, I think definitely the the sort of pace of work, um, particularly for the six months, um, uh, you know, before the election, was a really um, it was just like a, a very extended sprint of, you know, covering the, covering the campaigns, um, covering the COVID relief bills that sure. were, um, you know, uh, at the forefront of the congressional agenda. Um, and yeah, doing it all, working with um, my, my kids, I have a sixth grader, and a fourth grader. And, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like in the summer there, you know, they didn't go to camp. (laughs) Uh, uh, Um, (laughs) You know, it's just most of the time they've been at home doing, you know, either playing video games or what, you know, reading, hopefully, ideally. Right. Um, No judgment here.
0: There's a lot of television. There's a lot of video games. There's a lot of, like I said, there's a lot of Oreos. I mean, I get it. Totally get it. Yeah. It's
1: it's a really, it's been a really, um, you know, obviously some days work more smoothly than others, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's been a, um, I mean, you know, I guess you have, we're grateful and fortunate that, you know, we've, um, we've been, you know when you have kids that are isolated from their friends and their peers and having to be online pretty much all day because of school yeah. um you know it's just a it's it's just not the ideal environment for anybody no. um in, <laughs> so that's been going on and mm-hmm. and I think in terms of the work um you know the that you know I think People like us, we've always probably had to log on early in the morning and probably had to too often log back on late at night or at least, you know, after bedtime or whatever. But it's just, it's been a constant of Mm -hmm. this past year where you're just, you know, you could be working at any time. (laughs) I you had know, s- there's no no detachment from the from the work.
0: <laughs> I had somebody ask so. or somebody said to me the other day and I thought that this was really true, it's really not about working from home. It's that we all live in our office now. You know, it's, it's less, it's less of this, like, you know, it's not like you can shoot. I mean, I, my, my husband is a government contractor, 40 hours a week, and he's really good about that. And he, he's, he's really good about making sure he keeps close track of his time. I caught him working on a Saturday and I thought, now this is, we've broken, we've broken my husband for Mm -hmm. crying out loud. I mean, this is, it's really bad when that happens because he's a super disciplined, like they have to be as project management people. Um, But yeah, our offices are in our homes and our homes really, we we live at, we live at work. Um, And I get that. That's really hard. How, though, um, yeah. what kinds of, like, so when when folks are checking in with you, when they're calling you with their idea of what they think would be a story, what kinds of pitches do you think now, um, I mean, so much of our space up until the election was, how do we wrap this up in the cloak of, you know, Donald Trump or the administration? Because so much had to sort of have that connection back to that administration. that That feels like that's changed a little bit what kinds of, I mean, am I right? Am I wrong? What do you, what's your perspective on how um, pitches are sort of coming into you and what are you finding interesting these days?
1: Well, I think whenever someone um, has done some, you know, background work and, or, or has worked with me, you know, on a previous story and is following up with me about something that they know I've written about either because they had been a source or had provided information previously, I think, Somebody who, who's really aware of, a, you know, even a specific story, and said, you know, hey, I've got a follow up, or you did a story on this, and I, you know, here's the here's the latest, or something related to that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is a is, is often really helpful. Um, you know, people who are really aware of the of the breadth of stories that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's uh, that I can almost immediately start working on a story if it's something that's very newsy and something that is right at my coverage area. So, um, I think if it's just kind of a out of nowhere, you know, idea, um, it might, it might be something that I would be interested in working on, Mm -hmm. uh, particularly if it doesn't have, a timing element, like a a hard news, or here's something that, you know, you'd have to move on quickly. Um, You know, then I might file it away and and hope to turn to it eventually. Sure. Um, But I think just anybody who has a really good sense for what is something newsy, why would they come to me about it? You know, why, why is it in my area? Mm -hmm. Um, I think if they've kind of, done a little bit of looking at the, the stories I've done recently and kind of can tie an idea to that or real or just get like what kinds of stories I'm interested in and do um, then then that's helpful I'm, I also seek out people who have um, expertise and can can kind of um, explain why something is significant. Um, even you know, obviously, people are going to come with their, um, you know, they're representing a client or an industry or or some cause or, or you know they're an activist. Um, I you know I realize that I've been doing this for a long time. Sure, but there are also people who, even with that, you know, they are able to to say you know with their level of expertise. Um, whether something is significant why it's significant um, so I think that's also helpful to have people who really know what they're talking about yeah. um, and you know can I you, you I mean I think there is less of an interest in um, in in what former President Trump is doing but we are aware of his endorsement of candidates right, right. sure um, that's something that you know I don't think we're writing about. Those endorsements <laughs> as a matter of routine, but we're we're watching them, and right. I think we'll also well because that's
0: the X factor. We don't know we don't know how uh, much impact that has, at least yet, right? Because right? it's so new, right. it's so different. That and, I mean, that's particularly why particularly the
1: yeah, and the Republicans that he has said he wants to try to defeat in primaries. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those are all kind of things that we're watching, but. Um, you know, we had, Thank think you will call, I don't, I mean, we certainly, in the four years of, of the Trump administration, we certainly covered, um, you know, the the administration and its connections um, and, you know, uh, ties on Capitol Hill and all that. But I don't think we were caught up in the same way that, um, you know, uh, some uh, and maybe most news outlets were I would agree. focused on the day to day. It was mm-hmm. more about what what's the congressional reaction to something that the administration is, is wants to do or right. um, is proposing or, you know, certainly one of the ways that I looked at the Trump administration was how. The former president really ignited this movement, particularly among women, to get involved in politics in new ways—running mm-hmm. for office and giving campaign donations—and yep. so those were areas that we looked at, um, particularly, you know, just in the initial that uh, leading up to that 2018 midterm cycle, mm-hmm. where where the the Trump factor was hugely motivating um, in, in, from people in opposition to him. Sure. So that, you know, that was kind of, uh, one of the ways that we focused on, um, not as much the day to day. What did the, what did the former president tweet? I mean, you know, sometimes I think somebody had to cover, uh, some of that stuff, but it wasn't, um, so I didn't. And, no. but, but we had, um, you know, we did have ways of looking at how the political um, atmosphere and dynamics um, changed pretty dramatically over those four years.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would agree. I, I, I felt like Roll Call was one of the last places you could go to uh, either share stories about clients or work that was happening as long as it had more of a tieback and an inter- the intersection with Capitol Hill, uh, it was it was much more of of that, um, less than many many other of your counterparts. I will say, there was just um, and and in fairness, I mean you know friends of mine at big papers. I would call them and say, I think this is a story. I have one that's. I mean, I've I have for four years been selling this one story that is humongous. It is probably the biggest story I've ever tried to sell in my career, and I couldn't land it. And it was because it did not have a direct tie back to uh, the administration and because it was really super complicated. It's a whole another story. But um, <laughs> but I do think that but it feels like over the course of the last few months, I've had more success telling that story because I didn't have to figure out how to sort of wrap it up in a bow, um, you know, with the Trump label on it. Um, and that's changed. <laughs> so it's great to hear. And I do think that the one undercurrent that i have heard from so many of the folks that i've talked to on the podcast and even before is that one of the most critical pieces of pitching in general or, or reaching out to to writers is that you really have to take that extra 2 minutes or 10 minutes or that time to read what it is the reporter cares about. What are they writing about? You know, what are there clearly that you have an interest in, in, in writing what you're writing and you also have editors and other folks that you work with at the paper that, that um, help guide some of that. But lazy pitches do not land stories, taking the time to really understand what it is. The reporter is writing and cares about really does equal success more often. Yeah. 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 I agree. So yeah. because today is uh Friday or at least the podcast will air on a Friday. Uh, tell me because Washington DC is so rich with some really cool things to do. And because we're all figuring out how to stay socially distant and, and do all the things we have to do to stay healthy. What is it that you're most looking forward to doing this weekend?
1: Yeah. You know, I have to say this whole period, this whole like, you know, pandemic period, the, the weekends do bring, a sense of relief because it's like, I'm, you know, I'm only going to do my, my at home job, my kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, you might get drawn into a, a story if there's some kind of breaking news, but, um, but mostly it's just having that weight off of having to do, you know, have everything kind of all the balls up in the air yeah. Um so it's um, there's just a sense of relief, I guess. by when I get to Friday, <laughs> Friday I afternoon, too. I feel it. I know. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I think um, we have. It, you know, it's a it's springtime in Washington D.C., which is really the most beautiful time of of the year here. Mm-hmm. I mean it's it's just it's it's uh, it's ma- marvelous. I mean, the, the trees in bloom and um, you know, flowers and all that. And it's, uh, it's a great time. Usually the weather isn't too hot. Um, so it's a great time to get outside and, and either walk around your neighborhood or, um, we, we live not too far from, uh, the Arboretum, mm-hmm. which, um, is usually less crowded than some places. And you can see the, the trees in bloom, um, Right now, I think it's more the dogwoods are are just starting. They so, are. I just noticed um, that today. Yeah, so we we're the cherry blossoms are mostly on the ground, but <laughs> we've got now the dogwoods. Um, so it's it's nice to uh, be able to get outside and feel that you know you're not tethered to your technology at all
0: times. I couldn't <laughs> and, agree uh, more. take a little break. I couldn't yeah. agree more. That's so, and yeah. it's it is such a good time right now. It's so beautiful here. So Kate, my final question for you today is uh, who would you most uh, like to hear as a future guest of the podcast?
1: Yeah, so I'm cheating. I'm going to put two people um, because they're both people that I've worked with who who have been at CQ Roll Call and have moved on. And one is Clyde McGrady. He's at the Washington Post and he's writing um, great features for them. Um, He's on their features desk. Uh, Just, you know, a really... um, you know, obviously a smart reporter and a good writer. Um, but I'd, I'd love to hear from him and, you know, what he's doing and how, how his transition to the Post has been. I think he would be great. And then also, um, you might know her, Alex Gagetano. Um, she's at The Hill and she's covering lobbying and industry issues, K Street, um, and is doing a great job. And oftentimes I'll see a story that she wrote and think, Oh, I should have had that. Nice. Oh, which, I love that. Which, which is a, a you know, obviously a, a, a compliment to her, um, sort of, quick transition to covering lobbying, and she'd be great too. Um, and I think so. I mean, I could probably give you a ton more names. I'll email you sometime if Please I think do. of people, and yeah. certainly lots and lots of people in the CQ will call. Um, but I would start with Clyde and Alex. Awesome. Um, they would. I think they would both be um great guests and have you know sort of both of them have totally different backgrounds and come from different parts of the country and would be uh would be a, give you an interesting perspective on journalism and um
0: and life <laughs> i love it oh i'm gonna i'm gonna reach out to both i'll tell them you sent me Okay. <laughs> and I will, uh, and I'm always open to other recommendations because it really does make my job easier to try to connect with other friends. And I've been lucky enough so far that I've had two or three that were recommendations from other guests. Kate Ackley, thank you so much for joining me today. It was really a pleasure to have you.
1: Great. Thanks for having me on. It was nice to talk with
0: you too. And that's today's episode of the Friday Reporter. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Hi, my name is Joe Grogan. And I'm Eric Ulan for DCEKG. DCEKG is all about the how and why of Washington, D.C., what's going on, what's going on behind the headlines. We spend a lot of time talking about healthcare care and economic policy, but frequently delve into trade policy and sometimes national security or whatever's happening on Capitol Hill.
1: Between Joe and I, we have nearly five decades of Washington experience. We put that to work with our guests to explain to you
0: what's going on in Washington. I always found myself calling Eric when I didn't understand what was happening and I always found him to be really good at explaining to me some of the things that I wasn't seeing and I hope our guests will get the same type of insights.
1: I always found myself talking to Joe when I couldn't believe what I was seeing happening to understand exactly how the heck we got to where we were. Tune in to DCEKG anywhere podcasts or
0: YouTubes are available. You won't regret it.